HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila, delicious and smooth tequila, made in harmony with the earth. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using Bento Box today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com chef. Chichiamo means that we have arrived, um, and both in the sense of a post-pandemic world and in the success of the opening of Hillary and Danny Myers Union Square Hospitality Group's new restaurant, Chichiamo, um, we're very excited that it has arrived. We're excited to have Hillary on our show today, the executive chef. We've known, we were just chatting about this, we've known Hillary for like 10 years, which is crazy since it's you so were fast. so fast. I asked since you were CDC at Avoche and then executive chef at Vix, which was a wonderful, is a wonderful neighborhood restaurant and now in your newest role. So congrats. We're excited to talk about it with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Being here. What we're also cooking for those of you listening and not watching. Uh, Hillary is making a rigatoni dish. Are we so making tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I am making rigatoni alla grigia. So for me, there's like the, you know, the French people talk about the mother sauces. This is the Italian version of like the trifectas. So for me, Roman pastas, especially cacio pepe, carbonara, amatriciana, this is kind of like their like redheaded cousin, like pushed to the side. So it's kind of a combination of cacio pepe and um, uh, amatriciana without the tomato. Okay. That's my favorite. Uh, Amatriciana? Yeah. That's Mind how, job. like, yeah, he used to make that for me mm-hmm. once upon a time. I just put it on the lunch menu, actually. Did you? Yeah. Come yeah. in for lunch next uh, week. I did put uh, spaghetti. Um, so it's a little bit softer, a little right. bit easier to cook, um, a little faster. Right. Yeah. Our lunch guests, you know, want fast and furious, right? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of one of my favorites. I love, um, I love that traditional Roman style pasta, and I love kind of reinventing it, but also showing it off. 
Because people don't know. People actually like come in and they're like, no one else serves Alagrecia. And I was like, someone has to serve Alagrecia. I don't think I've ever had it until we came in for dinner. Right. I think we had it when we well, came in. Well, welcome. We're back to well, the we're back. Asia. So <laughs> I had to bring my, you know, of course, my pepper, pepper mill. We <laughs> had it. I learned already about the pepper mill and how it's failing in my pepper game. So tell us um, the, why the mill and yeah. what kind of peppercorns go into Well, I mean, this. so this is a unicorn pepper mill. It's made in the United States. <laughs> Literally, you know, it's Not called a unicorn, unicorn magnum. <laughs> it's called it. unicorn magnum. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Um, and I had a long talk with my GM about this is what I wanted to pepper. Like if someone asked for pepper, this is the pepper mill. I'd like How did you find pepper. the pepper mill? So this is a pepper mill we used to use back at Lupa, okay. back in the day for cacio pepe. Uh. Um, and then to piggyback on that, um, uh, you know, compulsive, you know, peppercorn game, right? right? Mark Ladner would come in the kitchen and be like, these peppercorns are old. So at that point, okay. I began to start realizing of like what a true fresh peppercorn Important should taste like. Right. Not fresh, meaning from the trees, you know, in the bushes, Still but like... Fresh, dried preserves. Yeah, that. like, right. you know, and I was like, Chef, I, I, I just bought it from, you know, wherever. And he's like, no. Don't drop the name of where you sourced the peppercorn. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped. What's the lifespan of a dried peppercorn? Um, I mean, I think you should change it. It depends how much you use pepper in your house. Right. I can't imagine that you're sitting here, like, cracking pepper, which I, I'm going to do kids. right now while we're, while we're chatting. Scream um, every time they see black pepper, so. The kids do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Especially, like... I just had that on the white food diet, our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Wait, are you, are you making the sauce now? So I'm just cracking some pepper. Goes into, okay. That's how we started. It goes into the pan. It goes into the pan. So you have to toast it and draw the oils out. So I figured while we were at these, you want to crack this? It's so amazing. You really have to like, really get in there. How much are we doing? Um, that maybe like we making two. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. The difference though, you showed me next to mine. Right. Is that. The aroma, the aroma yeah. just from cracking it, you can actually smell the black pepper. Yeah, so you can smell it. It's sweet, it's, it's floral. Yeah. It's How many of these do you have? In the kitchen, um, mm -hmm. we have uh, about six of them. They're really hard to get because um, they're made in, I want to say Cape Cod or like Martha's Vineyard. I have to double check. It's made somewhere that you wouldn't think it, that it's being made right. and it's really hard to get. So like whatever, like, and they only ship via Amazon, which is really strange. Mm. Um, so every time I'm like, okay, uh, oh, they have them, hit two. Because if this falls on the ground, it's they, done. they break. It's done. And you've tried other peppercorn mills, and this is the only one. The only one. The only one. <laughs> this is it for you forever. I have, like, everyone takes home a broken pepper mill. Everyone has, like, because they still work, but if you're cracking, because we crack pepper to order. Yeah. Right. You order a rigatoni, we crack the pepper. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sit anywhere, and yeah. it's really important that when you put it in the pan, we're going to toast it, so then you can smell it even more. Mm. Um, Right. All right. So I'm gonna um, while we're chatting, I'm just gonna drop the pasta over here real quick. So tell us a little bit about how. So you were at Vix for seven years, yeah. and tell us about transitioning to this new project that just opened. It's a lot bigger, and how did you get synced up with Danny, and how did you make the decision to make the move? Um, I had uh, met Danny a couple of years back. We were at a No Kid Hungry event. And um, <clears throat> so we, at that, for some reason that day, we only had to cook for 15 people and not like 500. Yeah. It was yeah. a great event. And I was co-chairs with Amanda Cohen that year. And, you know, we were cooking pasta, of course. And I came off stage and, and yep. uh, he was sitting at the table next to mine, not the one I was serving. And what happened was um, one of the guests at that table, he tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, they were friends. Hey, what are you eating over there? Um, and I was making uh, tortellini with black trumpets in a mm -hmm. burrito. 
And so she comes up and she's like, "Can you make any my your bowl of pasta?" And I'm like <laughs> cooking on induction burners, like out of a t- like out of like a hot box. No so, like, pressure. It was like no pressure, definitely yeah. a pasta yeah. that I was like, oh, "I'm really okay. not going to say no." Though. Yeah, you can't say no to Dan. Right. Right. So, um, so I made him a bowl of pasta. Must and We had a conversation. Right. It was okay. Yep, yeah. we did okay on that day. And we spoke about a position years ago, and it just wasn't the right role for me at the time. Um, so we kept in contact and, you know, we visited three years later right. uh, for TCMO. At that point, it was unnamed. But unnamed. Okay. And it's it, the basics of the restaurant, where it is, size of it, menu, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, TCMO is located in Manhattan West. Um, so, which no one knows what that means. It's, it's uh, very hard <laughs> to find. But once it's here, it's magical. It's like yes, it's, it's a little community once you get in there. Though, so it is, really and nice you know, and it's it's a great interview. Like yeah. if someone can make it there, they usually I'm like you're, <laughs> you're hired. Hired. Out, you know, No, you're stuck. Yeah. Luckily, there's like different <laughs> concepts, so you can stay as long as you want. We totally front <laughs> and back into it. We can get you down to daily provisions. Right. Um, it's kind of like we like to think of it as North Chelsea. Um, I'm stretching. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, we're in this like little pocket between Hudson Yards and Penn Station, um, and they kind of made it a pocket. So you walk through this like fake lemon farm, um, lots of big pictures, an ice skating rink right now, which is uh, thank you NHL. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for that to right. it's blocking Season my path. Change. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's um, basically Chisiamo is um, about simplicity and honoring travel and and dreams and, and flavors and kind of bringing them all back to the table. Uh, the reason why we called the Chisiamo was kind of Danny wanted to s- announce to the world that we're back that, and, and not just we as in, you know, USHG, it's about we're, we are all back. Yeah. Let's all go back out to dinner. Let's so all was, come back. So was related to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But you really That's feel so that. That's so interesting. And when you like, I don't know, when we came for di- we came for dinner on the day that the mask mandate, it was announced that the mask mandate was being lifted in New York City, right. and it really did feel like it was, like, back, like, there was mm-hmm. butts in every seat, and people were, like, buzzing around, and they were, like, yeah. It's just an it energy. Just, like, an people energy. are excited. And, yeah. you know, that long hallway, right, that staircase when you come in yeah. the door, so the fun part about the restaurant that I really enjoy is the two doors. So as soon as you come in for the first door at the foyer... you come in that second door where you have a choice and this was all this was this was done for a reason um so that second door closes behind you and you have a choice of elevator Mm -hmm. or this you know beautiful staircase arced and it's like yeah you have no idea where you're going to um do you remember the elevator i remember there was an elevator straight before you and then the left was this like gorgeous staircase Mm -hmm. that's basically like oh send me yeah you're like bringing you upstairs And we, I mean, the elevator's there for obviously reasons, you know, right. but you, he wanted to, that you were drawn up the stairs by mm-hmm. the smells and the noise. Mm-hmm. And that second door basically shuts out all of the noise of New York City. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> during our training, I made everyone stand in that room. Like I shut the door and we all stood there and I was like, what do you guys hear? In the foyer. Yeah. Right. The second foyer. Got it. Not the first four with the bench and the <laughs> tree thing. The second, that would have been mean. And I was like, what do you hear? And they're like, you know, they were like, um, this is a trick question. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not a trick question. What do you hear? And they're like, nothing. I'm like, exactly. Basically, it's like a lot of those moments, you know, when you get to a hotel room, on vacation yeah. and you put your bag down and you're like that water that you can smell the air and you're yeah. like so excited that's kind of what we're trying to achieve by that last door shutting that whatever happened that day or whatever is outside 
that you're coming in to be present with each other or yourself or just having a moment. Mm -hmm. And all that background noise that bothers us all day long is outside. Right. And you're here. Once again, you have arrived. You have arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How many seats? It's a big place. Uh, 120, two kitchens. two kitchens, 120 seated, 30 seat lounge, and outside there's going to be many more seats coming soon. Yay. And how big is your team in the kitchen? Um, in the kitchens. The kitchens. kitchens. Um, I think we're, we're hovering around 30, 35 right now. Okay. With many more additional hands. Staffing to be has been an issue for Hillary's a lot hiring of people, if right? you're around. Yeah. If you're listening. I'm still, I'm still hiring. I'm always hiring. I'm always looking when for When we were people. there, you said that you, you were, we're good. surprisingly doing very well with your team. And we are. Um, I think there's. I'm also a teaching chef. I like to be hands on. I like okay. to talk about layers and flavors, and I'm not going to hand you a recipe book. I'm terrible at that. Do you have a recipe? I do, but it's, it's definitely right. not scaled to right. what we're doing right now. It's right. like for two portions of this. Right. Right. Um, so for uh, for me, I'm not going to gram out something for you know for 300 covers every night. It just doesn't right. work. And honestly, you know, as I like to explain to cooks why I don't do this, they're like, "Can I get the recipe book?" And I was like, "What do you need a recipe book for?" Right. I'm going to show you how many grams are in everything, but I can't show you how many grams are in that red wine vinegar or that lemon right. or that orange that we're going to squeeze. Or that serrano that goes with the right. trout. Is it spicy today? Is it not? Peppermill. Uh, my cacio at um, Vicks was 28 cracks. 28 cracks? 28 cracks. That's exactly. Three, cracks. three grams of yeah. uh, black peppercorns. The allegresia is um, is not as much. Okay. Um, it's like 0.3 grams. Tasting is an important part. I was always curious Tasting during smell. and now that we're going out of the pandemic. Type of, yeah, of, no, 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 no. of world and where you're cooking it. How is, how was tasting? How has it evolved? Is it back? Were people always doing it? Like, right? I mean, I, me growing up in the kitchen, it was like taste everything taste all the time, right? Like, how do you not? You still have to. You have to remind people. Right. That's. Do people go away from it for a little while. They do, especially when like you have a mask on. Mask down and like. It's you're like okay, and then your mask is covered in like something. Right. And yeah, butter and cheese and you know so. I think, you know, also their safety, right? So, sure. you know, we definitely had to taste a lot. And I think as chefs, we had to get smarter because we were going to taste before service, right? Line checks always. Right. And a lot of the food, you know, we can, you know, gauge what needs to get done on the pickup with less tasting during service, especially with two very large open kitchens. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think, but I also, in my interviews, I'm like, I ask cooks, do you like to eat? And if they said no, I mean, <laughs> we're in the wrong business. <laughs> so uh, that's, if you don't like to eat, I, I don't know why you'd be a cook. Right. Do you actually have people that came in? And, and There's different kinds of cooks out there. There's ones right. that want to be chefs. Right. There's ones that love to be cooks. Right. And they're, they're ones that are just really just enjoy just cooking and that's it. Right. Or they found themselves in this because they were a dishwasher or a prep person. Right. And they're just good at it, and that's what they've decided that they want to do for a living and not take it seriously as some, you know, make a career out of it. Right. And just, like, enjoy their job. Right. Yeah. And I like I like all people that, you know, you enjoy your job. That's great, too. Mm -hmm. Right. So. so. We dropped the pasta. We're pasta toasting still. the peppercorn. Uh, toasting the peppercorns this is a really important step. Okay. I do need a little olive oil, though. Yeah. I'm so sorry I didn't uh, ask for that. Just a splash. Um, basically what I'm doing is toasting the uh, peppercorns and then once you, you don't, there's a fine line where they go too far, um, where they become like, bitter or something. yeah, they get bitter and then like that, like over toasted, like nut comes mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. or over toasted grain. 
you know, when you're like, and it, it, it gives you, instead of having this like fruity, just hints of pepper, hints of floral notes, it all of a sudden becomes a powerhouse and like in a one dimensional powerhouse as opposed to not the layers that are, that need to go in there. So how long do we toast for normally? Until yeah. you can start smelling it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we'll hit that with a little bit of olive oil. And your kitchen has, I saw um, from reading some of the reviews and stuff, that your kitchen has, it's sort of built around the idea of the fire, the live fire, right? Absolutely. Is now any of this stuff, would that normally happen over a fire? Like would you toast the peppercorns? Um, for pasta, no, I haven't figured out how to intertwine right. the fire as much. Or the bacon, yeah. so you're now putting rendered bacon pieces into your Yeah, so this pepper? is, yeah, so the traditional, um, or allegrigio is uh, guanciale. Is this guanciale? This is guanciale. So we get our guanciale from a very lovely husband and wife team from Hurleyville, New York. Yeah, we love that. I do love a husband and wife team, right? Yeah. Um, uh, called La Salomina. Okay. And they're up and they use um, Hurleyville and they have a little shop. Um, so they're expanding. And basically, we've been buying all of their guanciale from it. And, all and, the guanciale, and Chanda, yeah. And like, they've been asking neighbors for pig cheeks because they don't have enough to get a cure for us. And every, like, you know, every Monday I get a text from Eleanor saying, She's like, stressed. How much do you need? I was like, the same as last week. And all if, of it. <laughs> if she really actually even knew how much more I actually needed. Right. And I have to sub in You're a little bit. Yeah. Because right. otherwise... There's not enough pigs in her in her repertoire in her farm up there that will take for what we need. So now I'm just toasting, and then we're going to um, stop the cooking with a little bit of the pasta water. Nothing better than that noise. I know the best noise. Yeah. Um, sizzle, sizzle. And you can smell that guanciale. You can yeah. smell the fat. You can smell it intertwining. Um, so you guys were building, I, I imagine the size and the scope of this restaurant you've been building for a little while. When did plans start? When did you get involved? Tell us a little about the sort of the beginnings of it. My, uh, my first day was I think April 15th last year. Of okay. 2021. Of 2021, I started building. Um, this project was in the works for a little bit. Um, um, and I joined in April, um, and I spent the summer. Don't look. We're, just, we're dropping in butter. How much butter, Chef? So much. Well, for, for, <laughs> she came with probably two pounds of butter. <laughs> but it looks like only half of it's coming in. Yeah, no, only half of it. Um, just going to get a little fresh water. Yeah. Just going to get a little uh, salty. Um, and now we're going to emulsify the pork fat, the pasta water, and the butter. And the butter. And then eventually we'll put some cheese in there. It's more fat on fat. More fat on fat. Yeah. Love it. Um, I, I started working um, at um, one of the sister restaurants all summer. I had a okay. uh, space, a little kitchen set up in the basement where I could write a menu, uh, test it out, right. start building the team. Uh, originally, we were supposed to open July. Okay. Um, yeah, July 13th, actually, was my wedding anniversary. So the concept was like partially that. formed. When you came in to work with... It was Italian. It was Italian. It was Italian. It was Italian and, right. you know, which was really hard for me because I, you know, at Vicks, I, I really loved using the farmer market and seasonality was a huge thing and American ingredients using, a, you know, interpreted with Italian food. Right. So, like, this was like, all of a sudden, I had, like, no restrictions. Right. And it was just, like, blank piece of paper staring back at me. Right. Like, I was like... 
where do I start? And so tell us how you did. Did you, you know, did you come up with everything and then bring it to a, a group of people? Is it you and Danny sitting down in chat? Um, well, there's a couple there? of conversations. Um, we, so I was, this is really, um, I had an, at Martin, there's a hotel above it that was closed, so I, right. I worked out of room 206, which is a hotel <laughs> room. <laughs> Um, and You're staying in room 206. There's still some of my stuff there. <laughs> I kind of like walked out and was like, okay, I'm going to the restaurant now, and I just left. And you never went back. I haven't gone back. Bye. My bike's actually in, in room 206 right now. I'm watching this Anna Delby's. This is like Anna Delby, just bolted from the hotel room. I just like I'm out. Need to go back, though. It's really bad. I need to go back. So I was. Drawing um, inspiration, I ended up was like struggling because I was like, what, what do I, what do I want to make? I have a blank canvas, a blank room. At that point, all I knew was that it, it was still a, some barely tiles on the floor. It was nothing there. And so I was only seeing, I never saw any renderings. So I didn't know the colors. I just knew that it was based around the hearth, the terracotta, the tiles, all that stuff. They wanted to be um, created with building fire. Right. Um, so I, I, I started kind of reminiscing. And I remember just sitting there going through old pictures of my travels and like trying to find things that I loved dearly and wanted to bring forward. Um, and that kind of got me inspired. Okay, right. let's start with this. What do I want to start with? Especially this one meal I had in Verduno, which is outside of Bra in Piemonte. A little trattoria. Started off with like a bite of this and then they, the meal just continued and every dish was just so different and we never knew what we were eating. So it was that constant surprise. And one of the last dishes we ate uh, was uh, rabbit braised in gorgonzola and arnaise. And uh, became, which is now similar, uh, inspired our rabbit pasta. What is arnaise? Uh, white wine. Okay. Um, so. That sounds delicious. I'm going to add some cheese and then um, I just will tighten it up and get the sauce into where it needs to go. Um, I don't know how seasoned it is We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just kind of started um, writing down dishes that I wanted to eat again. Okay. And all of a sudden, the big piece of paper. <laughs> I do use big paper. You right? did? Yeah, everything is big paper. Um, and and people kind of like the cooks are like at first they're like, "What do you mean? What, what's the big paper?" And like when we open this big paper everywhere, <laughs> like station setups and all these right. things. And again, if you're a cook that wants me to hand you a book, you're going to get a big piece of paper. <laughs> and we're going to write the book together. Right. Um, and I, I essentially just started writing big papers, and I had like five or six big papers filled of just stuff. Um, we had a meeting, Claudia, Fleming, Danny, my GM, our director of ops, all together in this room, and we talked about what we wanted to achieve with this project. And room 206. Uh, <laughs> 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 they definitely did not come to room 206. <laughs> I would say it was more of a boardroom than the... Um, in the uh, home office, and I, Danny looks at us, he's telling us what he wants to prove and what he wanted to achieve with this project, um, and then he looks at me and he's like, I wanted you to make it feel like you're, we are going out to come home. Going out to come home. Part of the whole, like, we're leaving our houses finally, yeah. but we want to be comfortable wherever we're going. Right. You know, no one wants to go to a stuffy restaurant right now. They want to no. go someplace. It is a very comfortable there. restaurant. I have to like the chair. Those chairs are two-hour chairs. Like yeah. they like yeah. really are. Like you can like sit. Like yeah. I like I remember being like this is a, this is a yeah. three-hour booth. I was yep. like yeah. And it is. And it, it is. is. <laughs> like, I wish it was a three-hour <laughs> booth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turn two turns. Two yeah. turns on that one. Yep. Um, but they you know and then we just kept like I was like okay what does that mean? So I went home. 
and I'd cooked all day um, and I'm cooking these dishes and I still don't have this menu in structure. And I'm just like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I sat down at my dining room table and it was summer. So I didn't turn the lights on. It was like, we have really nice light in our dining room. And I poured myself a Campari and soda, as you would. And it's, like, <laughs> it's Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. I just yeah. had eaten all day long and I was super full and I, uh, my wife was out of town. Um, so I poured myself a Campari soda and I was like, as you would when you're eating, when you're, you need something to snack on. Even sure. though I was so full, it didn't matter. I had a bowl of pistachios and a Campari soda. And it was kind of like that moment where I was like, oh my God, this is what he needs. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. So as simple as that, it kind of like this crazy moment of like, okay, you're coming to my house mm -hmm. and you're going to, I'm going to make you, I'm going to give you a spritz and we're going to have some chips and, you know, I'm going to make you anchovy toast and I'm going to do all these things for you. And we're going to be cooking together like we are now mm -hmm. with, that's why the kitchen is so open because right. it's supposed to be that you are coming over and you're in the living room. Right, you're in the living room. And yeah. hanging out with us. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the whole thing. And then I was like, okay, now I understand a little bit more. And the other day, Danny was like, one day I'm going to tell you what I really meant by that. And I was like, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I mean, created this whole narrative about this like right. one conversation that I was like, oh my God, is this what it means? I don't know, but this is what I'm going to... Does he bring it up often or is it just like the one time, is it like a running thing? And like, you know, he's just, he texted me one day about it and he's like, one day I'll tell you. And I was like, I, 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 just, I just don't know. I said it, you know, I, I was telling the story to somebody and I was like, but it was just such a moment where I sat there and like the lights were on and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a direction. Right. And I wanted to invite everyone over. 300 people a night. Let's yeah. come on over. So this yeah. is what you would cook for a dinner party if we were to come to your house. A hundred percent. Cool. I love that. And I did. I invited some college friends over who uh, recently moved to the city and, um, and right after everyone got like, vaccinated, and we, I think we went through like six bottles of wine, and we just laughed, and I cooked them the beginning of these menu of this menu. So given that the whole theme of the restaurant and you know, the menu, the way that you you all are approaching it, do you feel how do you feel that? Do you feel that New York is coming out of COVID, and especially so like last week here in New York, we or this week starting on Monday, yeah. like the vaccine rule, the vaccine mandate key to New York is over. How, as a chef and restaurant you know, tour, somebody with employees, think about how are you, how are you approaching that? How does it feel for you? I mean, for us, the team knows it's completely up to them if they want to wear a mask or not. Yeah. I wear a mask a lot during the day or in the evening, just, and then it's just a lot of people around. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that haven't gotten COVID yet. You are. <laughs> yeah. You're a unicorn. You have a you know, there's a whole article in the Times today about it, about the people that, right. like, and I, I just, I'm Which like. Which is amazing, because you've been working. I've been like, surrounded by it, like, to yeah. this close to me, right. like, for hours, and, and I, I don't know what it is. I, um, I'm a little bit of a unicorn. Or I just had it, like, four times, and, and I just didn't know. Right. Yeah. So, which is always a possibility as well, because I've definitely been exposed more times than I can count. So people are comfortable with it, with people the are changes? The cooks. Are they excited? Or are they, are they excited and feeling? I think they're excited because you can feel it in the air. Like, today we had open for lunch, and at lineup today, the sun is shining in the restaurant. No one's wearing a mask. Right. Um, and they, it was just a different energy right. about it. Part of the, I think, so much about hospitality is, you know, just enjoying each other and, like, giving to people, Yeah. right? Part of being in the hospitality industry is making other people happy and making their day or making their evening or and whatever it is. And so, like, not yeah. being able to sort of see that instant gratification that comes from a great meal or a great bottle of wine or, I think, 
I would imagine would be taxing for mm -hmm. for you during during that time. You can still feel the energy behind the mask. Right. Right. You can feel when someone is not happy. Right. I didn't taste this. Right. It was good. We added. You added cheese. You added, added parmesan. Cheese. Um, and we added a, added a little bit of parm and pecorino. And a little bit more butter. I saw that one too. Yeah, just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. There's just something. Parm you know, and pecorino. Okay. You know, we use butter because it, like, the restaurant's so big. You know, a traditional cacio e pepe doesn't have butter in it. And but you go into um, you go to Rome, and I we went on a cacio e pepe tour one day. It was really good. Cacio Pepe tour? Yeah, it was so bad. I ate like six bowls of Cacio Pepe. Oh my god. And it was so hard. It was so bad. It was so bad. And finally, like the last one, I think I I had six bowls of Cacio Pepe that trip, and uh, the seventh was an Amatriciana because I just couldn't do it. Anymore. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, I, I did. Tell I, I mean, why, why the butter would suffice because oh, it, it's a bigger restaurant. It's a bigger restaurant. And like the, the only way to get from point A to point B is to cheat a little bit and have a safety net. Because yeah. you can emulsify this without- Normally it would just be the pasta, pasta water, water. Pasta and water, cheese. Pasta cheese. Okay. Yep. And this- And the bacon fat. Oh, it's so good. And, and we're topping it with pecorino. Pecorino. Yeah. And a little bit more pepper. Tell me, we talked a little bit about the peppercorn mix. <laughs> yeah. As you were shaming me about my peppercorn. <laughs> there was no shame. <laughs> it was a little bit of shame. It was a little bit of shame. I mean, it was dessert. She was like, how old are these peppercorns? I was doing like, peppercorns from like eight <laughs> yeah, years ago. Tell me days. about <laughs> Next you to the last superior over there. <laughs> right. um, these are uh, telecherry and um, a peppercorn from Cambodia called Kampoot. And you said like a five to one or something? Yeah, five to one. Um, they yeah, just... Yeah, the Hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's more the classic. That's classic. Right? That's what's in the McCormick most of the time. Right. It's just probably been sitting on the shelf for a really yeah, long time. Sorry, yeah. McCormick. Please don't watch this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put expiration dates on those things and yeah, then, and then yes. we can help you. Uh, yeah, it's just really important that it, it like... You open that bag up and you should get like knocked over. Yeah. You know, by that smell. And like, you know, people are like, oh, pepper's spicy. Pepper's not spicy. Right. You know, there are certain peppercorns that are spicy, Sedgewan, greens, you know, right. but like black pepper and white pepper and pink pepper, they're adding completely different flavor profiles that people have no idea about. Yeah. And like, you go to SOS Chefs and a chef will give you, will school you all. I mean, she'll just, she'll just open up peppercorns. I did it with her one day and then, because I was teaching a class uh, on peppercorns and I didn't know either. Um, I just knew that the ones I served that day that Chef Ladner was like, hmm. Those are stale, and then I was like, okay, I'll find better ones. <laughs> Sorry, um, I you know, and there's some that are just like grapefruit right. and lemony, and it just it, it, the flavors are just they it goes on and on and on and blows your mind about what actually is produced in this world. Right. Let's taste this. I'm gonna get some force, and then we'll start a little light around. I'm Chaba Periban, co-host of Agave Road Trip on HRN, here to talk about 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods that a family-owned and operated distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. From the blue agave they grow to their recycled glass bottle, 818 emphasizes the Earth's importance in all they do. Their distillery runs on biomass and solar power, which means they don't rely as much on fossil fuels and are able to reduce their carbon footprint. Their labels, corks, and boxes are all certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainability-managed forests. 818 is a proud member of 1% for the Planet, through which they support HRN as well as Sacred. 
my organization in Jalisco, where together we transform agave byproducts and water waste into adobe bricks that are donated to local infrastructure projects, like a local library in Zapotitlan de Vadillo. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their sustainability efforts and find 818 near you. 818 has been part of so many magical nights for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York. 40% alcohol by volume, drink responsibly. Did you know that over 70% of diners research a restaurant online before ordering from or going in person? Your digital front door is more important than ever. Let Bento Box design and build you a beautifully branded website. Bento Box websites provide sleek design and seamless content management, creating impactful first impressions and converting visitors into customers. And with built-in commerce and marketing tools like online ordering, gift cards, automated email, and more, you can also grow your revenue and keep your diners coming back. Join over 8,000 restaurants that leverage Bento Box to power their digital presence and deliver great hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash chef. And I'm trying to teach the cooks how to make cacio pepe because a lot of times we'll get rigatoni no guanciale and I'm trying to teach them that the 28 cracks and the the toasting and like and they're just they we're not there yet we're still working. Is there a crack count on this? Um, this is three no. into the pan per order. No. Three, but like, not like, then you have to like, there's yeah, a peppercorn the stance. There is such a stance when you're like, right. you know, um, yeah, because. Somebody's like a heavy twister. And yeah. Like, it's really. It, it's. Separate. It, it, exactly. Right. It definitely could be. Your this is the importance of tasting your food. Exactly. Will you everything be, varies. Everything does vary. Mm-hmm. Will you be changing the menu for spring? Um, yeah, we've, um begun a little bit of the process of looking down the line. I mean, lunch is definitely, um, it was really hard to write. I really loved my lunch menu at Vicks, my brunch menu. Uh, and lunch there. started when? Today. Today. Thank you for coming. Ago. No problem. Two hours my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the, that timeline so that people know that are how long in this sort of process of where, you, how you guys planned it from, what did you open with, what were you planning to get to, where you are now, what were the sort of milestones to be able to get to the next level? I know that like part of it was based on going through the review process in New York, which is Absolutely. very stressful. So tell us about the timeline a little bit. Um, so we opened five days a week, which was really amazing. We opened uh, Tuesday through Saturdays. From the get-go. From the get-go. For dinner only. Tuesday dinner through only. Saturdays, so not Sundays. No, we still haven't opened on Sundays yet. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, she's praying. Dragging my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen eventually, but, you know, especially if we opened in October where we're out of... In that weird non-COVID, COVID, like scare moment, mm-hmm. um, 
pre-owned crime, but like, yeah, yeah. Was pre-owned. Uh, yeah, we were just like in this weird thing. We're like, right. okay, we're, um, so we, you know, we man- we manicured everything. We knew like how many covers we could do a night mm-hmm. that wouldn't put us, you know, we definitely made mistakes and there were definitely nights that I was like, oh my God, that was terrible. And, but overall, like we, we had the opportunity to do it right. Was um, the dining room set up the same from start? Were mm-hmm. there less tables, chairs? Same everything, same. Was okay. everything was the same, but we just took a little less covers. Um, and uh-huh. we started off slowly. And we had two nights of friends and family, which was great, uh, which is lovely to be able to do. And then Mondays being closed, we were in there doing production. So Tuesdays always felt great. Right. Um, you did two nights friends and family. Did you take a break after that to regroup and fix things? Sunday, Monday, things? we took... Um, just the normal days off. Just the normal days. Right. And then Monday, we went in there and... I was like, I hate this. I love this. What are we doing? And like, honestly, for the first six weeks, I did that every morning. Every morning, I look at my sous chefs and You're my like, team. There's no luck. We're changing this. <laughs> like, what is this? What are we doing? This was not right. What do you know? And like, there was I, there wasn't like an, um, a moment where we just stopped doing it. It was a moment where we kind of settled in. Mm-hmm. And um, my team would come in the morning, and I'd be there like, <clears throat> just kind of watching the pretend service in my head about what I didn't like the night before and right. staring at the kitchen and kind of walking through it again. And the, the, every day they'd be like, okay, I'm ready. What, what, what do we need to fix today? What do we need to tweak today? You know, and, and all of a sudden, like, things just became okay. Um, so we got through the okay part. Um, and then eventually, so after waiting for the reviews... It's obviously important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the first restaurant Danny opened since Manhattan four or five years ago. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm the first chef since probably, I think, Mike Anthony that was hired outside the company. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? So, yeah, it's been a long time. So there was a lot of like, okay, how do we do this right? Right. You know, we have four different Google addresses because we can't seem to get us still there. And Google, you know, so we're still fighting with Google about like, what is our address right. and how to get people. So we opened for five days. And then after Omicron, um, the whole company took a break for a couple of days. Uh, we're just like, this is not, this is all not going right. And we don't want to put anybody in jeopardy. This is like the first week. This is in January. January. December, December, December right before Christmas. We, before Christmas. everyone right. took like four days off. Okay. Which was honestly really needed. Yeah. And, for sure. um, and we were, and my sous chefs and my CDC had like a week off. Um, and, you know, some of them, you it's know. actually probably smart because that was probably when everybody had to have a It was rampant in New York at that time. It was so yeah. bad. And, yeah. you know, we had so many parties. And so what we did was we decided to go five days and open our private dining room in November, mm-hmm. uh, which was definitely challenging for us. Um, and, uh, and then once January came around, we were like, okay, let's pick a date. We have to go to six nights. Right. Uh, so we picked, uh, I think Martin Luther, that uh, 18th or whatever it was, because it was a holiday, and at least we could start that right off. Right. Um, and then we waited, waited, waited. <laughs> We're still waiting for our review. Uh, and then once that came and went, and successfully as it was, it's great. Time to move on, and now we have, now we have lunch. Now we have lunch. That's great. Got and lunch is five days. Five days, Tuesday through Saturday. And Tuesday how has the lunch crowd been? Because it's, it's an interesting neighborhood that I'm sure draw, there's a lot of offices and built in, yeah. you know, workspace. I could tell today there was a lot of, um, it was a lot of offices, a lot of people, you know, I understand the importance of in and out in an hour. Yeah. And we definitely did some market research. We definitely went to the other restaurants that are open. We, I mean, I didn't go to all of them, but my GM and I split them up and like, we went to see what else everyone was doing and what people actually wanted in the neighborhood. Yeah. Right. And I think that we'll see a, a nice mix of people that 
haven't been able to come in for dinner and they have a, you know, they're off yeah. and like they are going to Penn Station for a train. Let's go have lunch before that or a show because we're not far from not the theater district. Right. Same menu, pared down. Um, pared down, a little bit more salad focused with proteins. Okay. Um, definitely a lot of use of fire and vegetables, all present still. Pasta is just, we took the rigatoni off for lunch and turned it into amatriciana, but other than that, it's um, pretty, pretty close. We'll be in for lunch next. We'll be in for, yeah. Should we do, yeah, let's some, do some quick fire questions? Quick fire. Yeah, so we try to ask these to everybody. Okay. So we're kind of a quick fire little Great. to round it out. I'll start it off. Your favorite menu item? Um, it's a toss-up between the pizza bianca with anchovies and the oh, trout. Oh. And the trout, which is like a whole... It's a whole trout stuffed state. with... Um, it's my Ode to Zuni Cafe. Um, stuffed with raisins and pine nuts and mm. mustard greens and bread. It's like the best part about the Zuni Cafe chicken, but in a trap. <laughs> and most ordered item currently? Onion torta. Oh, yeah. It's beating the rigatoni. Why do you think that? Because of the way it reads? Because of the social media world? I think both. I yeah. think it's, it's like, like French onion soup. It's beautiful. Yeah. It was really it's good. Yeah. It's tasty. But I wouldn't necessarily we would say from it. a menu read yeah. that that would have been the most popular thing to order. It's. I mean, I think, I mean, that's what, that's what social media does, Right. right. I mean, we were selling almost 400 of them a week. And that's without lunch yet. I'm so afraid to see it. They're hand-rolled. I was going to say, uh, I hope you're buying, like, some frozen pots. I'm sure you're going to see her. We talked about it, but yeah. like, we have to get an electrician. And then there's, like, right. all we were to put it. It's not even a place to put it. That's the problem. We're like we're we're definitely going to learn a lot this week about what we actually need to be successful. Uh, open, you know, uh, eleven services a week as opposed to six. Yeah. You're you're on top of daily provisions. Do you mm -hmm. guys share any sort of production at all? No. Mm -hmm. We share a locker room and an office, right. and that's it. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting that we do share a locker room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. It would be nice. People would meet each other. I don't know. Um, I guess that's the place you want to meet your coworkers. No, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, next? what's the best food cost item? Um, a lot of times we get it. We get answers that are that don't take into labor. Yeah. I'm definitely account. not taking labor into labor. A, that's definitely not. An important part of it because pasta obviously would probably be very low, but yet the labor yeah, is very high. Off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, pasta is really tough because like our tagliatelle with buffalo butter and uh, tomatoes, we use like I mean, the yeah. best buffalo butter, the best tomatoes. Right. I mean, it's probably still, I mean, not excluding labor. Um, I would say that's probably one of the best. Um, the rigatoni, because of the amount of volume, is also really, it's a really good one. Okay. Is this the second most ordered dish? Yes. And they're like neck, they're, they're neck and neck by like three, last week was like 390 something for onion tortas and 315. This is clearly something that you're looking at. Are you, are you looking at personally just out of um, your own interest of like where the menu yeah. falls or are you guys looking at it with the whole team saying... This is what we're selling. This is how much we're making. That kind I, of thing. I mean, so, I, I look at those every morning. I right. look at every well every Monday morning. I kind of analyze what sold, and eventually, like there's some bottom dwellers that you're gonna need to go. Yeah. Right. Um, that I love and I have to break up with. And I have to accept. <laughs> Something's gotta be the low. Something there, also there always has to be a high and a low. But right, like, right. if it's consistently at the bottom, or like in the little bit of a. Um, like it's when it's really really low. That's when we know we have. We've to had products out. like that that like we personally really love, but yeah. they're just like they're, they're losers. Mm -hmm. We just gotta take them out. Yeah. It's so sad when that happens. Um, best business resource. 
in food or in business? Or anything. Book, Both. It can be a website. Yeah. It can be anything. Whatever. Um, it can be a brand. It can be Danny Myers. Um, that's a tough one. Um, you know, um, Seth Godin, you know, yes. mm-hmm. um, I, um, I use him a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like you read his books or yeah, he's I just, a marketing expert. He's a marketing yeah, expert and um, his, um, his, um, what's it called? Uh, email blast or whatever mm-hmm. he sends every morning. Mm-hmm. I find them to be like, they really like take you to a different place and they're very like, some of them are just, I mean, he's, there's a whole uh, podcast about him telling you like how bad some of his actual, like emails are in the morning and some are really great um and i just find that it makes you think and i like to share them with the people um especially my managers because mm-hmm. i think that there's a managing people is one of the hardest parts about our job yeah and if we can help just a little bit and make people think just a little bit longer about how to do something or how to get someone to do something or how to actually draw something more out of a person um these are kind of like ways his little email blasts in the morning are kind of like ways to be like hey let's think about this one more time mm-hmm. we talked about yeah. this i don't know if it was on camera or not but about getting people to respond to you rather mm-hmm. than necessarily raising your voice or projecting it's yeah a lot of it is it's all it's also yeah or, you're and they're listening for clues and right. like and you know sometimes i'm like real team but they there's two of them it's hard to yell out both of their names right. but right. um I could project all day long, but there's, you know, hundreds of people at a time behind me talking and enjoying their experience. They don't want me to hear me screaming, Greg, Skyler, turn around, (laughs) you know, like they want to be able to, uh, you know, either read my lips because that kitchen's really loud or know what I'm asking for. I do flail my arms around a lot. Like, so like, I do, I do. I'm like, you know, then this and like, there's like, you're like, like, very sign language. I mean, something I did yesterday and the cook totally understood it and I was like, yeah, we're, we're insane. <laughs> and you, when we came in for dinner, you were telling us that with your form of communication with the other kitchen is uh, <laughs> it's a good old text message. <laughs> it's, good old text message. <laughs> it's so it, it really is. Um, and then like when we have parties that we're on like a you know a thread. How long for pasta? We need to find you know. There's You're no other way. Your piece, chef. No, I would no. be so annoyed by it. I'd be like swatting at it all day long. <laughs> that's a challenge. I mean, that's got to be a pretty big challenge. So you're trying. I mean, most of your food is probably somewhat family style, so it doesn't all have to hit at the same time, right? But or, it has to go up a, a flight of stairs, stairs or right. an right. elevator, which is out for the last four days. So you're so timing uh-huh. two kitchens yeah. that are probably fifty yards apart, mm-hmm. and then to go upstairs. So it's a lot of like, okay, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. How long we, and when I say like, you know, one of the hardest things is understanding time, you know, there's no like tech or POS that's, that's solved that problem. It seems like that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. To the cell phone. I mean, I'm sure toast is a way, you know, to be able to do it. I mean, we use seven shifts sometimes and we use Microsoft teams sometimes. Um, but sometimes it's honestly, the text is on, is faster. Um, you know, and to have this like thread, I'll text my sous chef up to the front kitchen, you know, table so-and-so, please, you know, right. keep an eye out for, or uh, we have a joke about the pistachios that I'll send them gifts all up <laughs> <laughs> the service. You're like the only kitchen that's like, you have to have your cell phone on you. Just, just my management team. Just management team. Because team. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like, they're, like, the cooks, it's so fast. This restaurant is so fast that there's not even time for them to think about, like, they can go check their cell phones when I go downstairs to use the bathroom. Yeah. And they can do whatever they want. That's fine. Um, the guests are not going to want to watch four cooks on their cell phones. Yeah. But it's really hard to expedite, taste food, manage the cooks, text for the people upstairs. Oh and God. like, right. you're, sometimes you're like, you need to be, you need an octopus. You need to be eight arms. Like, I, mean, I feel like sometimes I, 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 I like it. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. This um, was fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Of course. Pasta was great. Conversation was great. Yeah, as always. Um, tell us how we find you and the restaurant on social and everything. Of course. Um, so to find me, uh, Chef Hillary Sterling on Instagram. And uh, it's Chisiamo NYC on Instagram. And that's C-I-S-I-A-M-O. That's correct. And if you walk through the Lemons, <laughs> where it's essentially 32nd Street between 31st and 33rd, walk through the Lemons towards Whole Foods, make, make a left and look up, and you'll find us. You're, the, Resi, the Resi text message was oh. clutch. So it took like, us a while to get that. Was, I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go here. It's, like, it's, kind of, it's kind of fun. It's like a... Like a treasure map. It we is. We rode bikes, so we kind of just rode all around. Yeah. And then it's mean when you're meeting friends and they don't send you that message. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank you you so can find much. us at Till It NYC and at We Are Opening Soon. And now you can find the video on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.